course, we have a note here from one of our fellow sufferers who says, Shepard, uh, whatever became of monorails? <laughs> That's another one of those. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you, you have to accept the problems as they come along here. And uh, before we get started here, uh, we'll have to warn you that tonight's program has certain uh, has certain repulsive overtones, which we do not wish to imply uh, may bother you, but that, you know, you never know. Uh, we, for example, uh, fellow writes and says, uh, I noticed that... Uh, that uh, I'm still picking up uh, graffiti. Do they, they still have graffiti? I figure, yeah, that'll go on forever. And he said one of the things he saw was a note that said uh, somewhere down on 23rd Street, down on the subway, it says, uh, Gene Shepard reads gothic novels. Well, this is quite true. In fact, Mr. Shepard is a gothic novel. The truth were out. And uh, so, you know, these, these things come and go. And uh, before we get uh, too deeply in tonight, I, I, I must give you a junk mail report. There is a, a distinct, noticeable trend towards junk mail in the religious department. Have you noticed that? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, this uh, has not yet gone noticed by the more eminent thinkers. Uh, Eric Severide has not pointed this out. And to me, junk mail is one of the great, uh, well, it's one of the great unsung harbingers of changes in civilization. A few years ago, we were getting junk mail. I was getting junk mail. and just loaded up junk mail, thousands of offers from, uh, uh, say, companies, uh, particularly my gasoline companies. How many of you have a credit card with your gas, a uh, little credit card thing there? Well, it seems that my gas company stopped at one point uh, hawking gas and began to sell cheap jack Japanese stereos. I was getting more. Uh, <laughs> I was getting more offers from that. At last, now you can have the full sound of stereo in your home. You can have the enormous pleasure of sitting with your family and surrounding your home with great music out of the ages. At just nine ninety nine a month, for uh, way down at the bottom, you have to figure out how many months that'd be. Maybe seventeen thousand, maybe twenty five thousand. God knows how long those months go on and on. But most people today don't care about how much they're paying. It's how much they pay per month, right? Bring it up there. Thank you, thank you. I heard one guy discussing the car problem. You know, they have trouble selling cars. And uh, one of the problems is cars cost a lot of money. So uh, the solution that somebody just came up with, instead of having a three-year uh, time to pay for your car, you could have four years. And so then the guy thinks he's getting the car for the same price he paid. <laughs> So I don't know, you know, it's it's cut to fall down. Have you ever had a feeling that we're living in a house of cards and the wind is blowing? Whew! And, uh, yeah, you know, that, that that you're living in a house that's made entirely out of balsa wood. And uh, the balsa wood termites are on their way. I, I don't know what it is. It's getting light. And so perhaps the, the people who send out junk mail are aware of this. They must be. For example, I opened a letter the other day. That's what it said. Important information inside. Well, you know, almost every junk mail thing has uh, a, a note on the front that says that. Important information inside. Uh, of course, there's another uh, variation on that theme. It says, there is an important personal message for you. Curiously enough, it's addressed to occupant. Uh, I suppose, um, is occupant uh, 
a family name. Does somebody have a, the name out there? Charles W. John Smith Occupant. But uh, <laughs> I suppose there is a Mr. Occupant. He's going to write me an angry letter. But uh, nevertheless, uh, they, they come out with this, this uh, you know, the opening statement is always very big. It says, you cannot afford to miss the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I get this from magazines constantly. Even, in fact, including one that I write for. That's the, that's the irony of it all. That they keep saying, uh, dear non-subscriber, it is time now to take advantage of a once-in-a-lifetime offer. An offer which you cannot afford to ignore. Fill in the enclosed coupon and we will send you ten free issues. If you do not like the first issue, you just don't have to pay us. So send now and take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime offer. Thank you. Once, we're going to salute once-in-a-lifetime offers. As a matter of fact, I have received over 34 letters from the same company, all offering me that same once-in-a-lifetime offer. <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime. How many times have you heard a movie advertised as once-in-a-lifetime a movie arrives on a scene that is unforgettable, that speaks of the hopes and the fears of all men of our time. Anytime you hear a commercial that uses the phrase, our time, you know that's a dog That's pretentiousville. That's pomposity land. And, uh, and then, of course, you hear the director being interviewed on 500 shows in town immediately following that. And uh, he says, well, of course, when I was uh, studying under Antonioni and uh, me and Truffaut and all the auteur uh, filmmakers, we, <laughs> you know, that's pomposity, Bill. But it's also, it also means that the company that, that uh, put the film out is afraid it is not going to make any money, so they better have a full-scale PR program on this one, go all the way out. But uh, that's not the point of tonight's show. Not at all. The point of tonight's show has to do with omens. What is an omen? An omen, you know? An omen is a hint of things to come. Now, it does not guarantee that things will come. It's a hint that things could conceivably go this way. Have you noticed a change in commercials recently, for example? You remember the commercials that used to come on and tell you how they've slashed their prices? Remember those commercials? Oh, those were the good old days. Now the commercials come on and warn you that they're going to raise their prices even more. <laughs> this is the time now to buy. Have you heard that, those commercials? My God, this is the last time you'll be able to buy a loaf of bread for $7.47 because, well, we just don't know how high it's going to go. So get down there right now and buy it. Oh, yeah, this, uh, this, is a, this is an omen. It's an omen of things to come. And, and what does that mean? Well, it means, what is going to come? Well, it means eventually that, uh, and this is known as the inflation psychology. Uh, it's part of the inflation, not, not the total thing. The inflation psychology is buy everything you can get your hands on. In fact, uh, I talked to a man who lived through a country that had uh, historically the most famous uh, uh, inflation probably in history, and that was Germany. He was there in Germany during that time. And he said he couldn't believe it. In fact, the man is on the staff here at WR. He, he's been in and out. He was in and out of Germany at the time. He was not living there. He was in and out. 
And he said he couldn't believe it. He said people would buy anything they saw they could buy, in spite of the fact they had no conceivable use for it, just because they were afraid one day the price on that was going to go up. <laughs> and, and you may need it. You, know, you never know. You never know. Like a paperclip making machine. Uh, he says he was getting all these fantastic uh, offers, and he said people were running out and buying it. And uh, do you see any of that around now? Yes, once in a lifetime offer. Well, I received a piece of junk mail which I have to tell you about. Speaking of almonds, here comes another little flock of commercials flying south. You notice they're in a V formation, and here's the leader. Chevron. Your Chevron dealer is an auto specialist who can offer all the things your car needs to keep it running smoothly. Like Atlas Steel Radial Tires. They'll give you sure traction, smoother handling, and a safer ride than ordinary tires because of their strong steel radial construction. Now's the time to see your Chevron dealer about the Atlas Steel Radial 70 tire. And take the Chevron way. the most honored motion picture of all time. Gone with the Wind. The monumental drama and great love story set against the vast background of the American Civil War. Clark Gable, Vivian Lee, Leslie Howard, and Olivia de Havilland star in the most magnificent motion picture ever made. David O. Selznick's production of Margaret Mitchell's immortal classic. Gone with the Wind. Rated G, general audience. Starts tomorrow. We can't, we got to have an echo chamber on that one. Starts tomorrow at red carpet theaters everywhere. Check newspaper listing for a theater near you. I'm Fran Allison. On nights when you have trouble falling asleep, what are some of the things you do to help? Well, I sleep with my head at the other end of the bed. Sometimes that helps. I eat. <laughs> I do relaxing exercises, starting with my toes, and I'm usually asleep before I reach my shoulders. On those occasional nights when you have trouble falling asleep and exercise and counting sheep just don't seem to work, try Compose. Compose simply relaxes and unwinds you so your body is able to fall asleep more easily. Of course, by falling asleep more easily, you're going to feel better the next morning. So take Compose on those occasional nights when you have trouble sleeping. If you're not satisfied in any way with Compose, mail Compose the box top and they'll send you double your money back. Remember, the more easily you fall asleep, the better you feel the next morning. Compose. Use only as directed. It's guaranteed.
Yeah, I was friend of Kukla and Ollie. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been a better commercial had we had Ollie do it. You know, or uh, possibly even the member the rabbit. Well, you remember he was a great director. What was his name? Remember he used to go do 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 do. That that would have made a better commercial. I think certainly would have got more. Uh, Listener identification. This is WOR in New York. And uh, speaking of identification, I just have to tell you what, what happened, why I was set off on this whole tack. I'm, I'm opening up the junk mail. I don't often open up junk mail. I usually bail it. But uh, I was uh, opening up this one because it came on, had a purple envelope, and it looked very official. And uh, it kind of, kind of had a certain uh, reverential quality to it that was... Uh, uh, very, very elegant gothic print and all. And I opened it up, and it turns out uh, it turns out to be directly from our creator. Yes, it opened right up. It says, Dear Believer. Uh, and I, <laughs> if you're getting bugged, it's, there goes that shepherd again. He's getting sacrilegious. I suggest to you that I wasn't getting sacrilegious. The people that sent me the letter were. <laughs> and it, it started right out. It says, Dear Believer. I said, believer, great, Scott. That's the first time I've been called that. I wish I could be a believer in anything. I, I, uh, I've, uh, I've really, uh, I've really envied people who had profound belief. Now, a lot of people who, uh, who claim that they're not believers, you know, you, you hear a lot of, uh, a lot of smart types going around and uh, pretending that they're, that they're atheists. You know what the pro most profound kind of an atheist is? Is a person that doesn't believe in himself even. Now, you see, most people believe in themselves profoundly. <laughs> and so they're not an atheist. They've just made a new God. It's called me. And uh, so this, this is a... We're getting into theological problems here. And uh, nevertheless, uh, I... Uh, oh, did you hear about the, 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 the religion now? There is a religion. I have to give them a salute. Uh, get, give me my uh, religious salute music here, that big, heavy stuff there. That's, that's, that's what we need. Once again, we know it. Man's ever-increasing, ever-frenetic, and ever-hysterical attempts to contact the great unknowable has once again brought a new breakthrough in religion. We salute the religious group now, and it is a well-known one, that has now instituted a new thing called the Divorce is Final Ceremony. It's a touching religious ceremony where the two divorcees stand before the reverend, and he says, I now declare thee divorced. You stand in the eye and in the light of the Creator, rendered asunder because it was a bad deal from the first place, and I made a bad mistake up here. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that new outfit? Yeah, well, it's not a new outfit. It's another, you know, it's a, it's kind of formalizing disaster. Kind of like that. It's just uh, people go away feeling that the disaster is now official instead of, you know, they just, they personally sort of lost up. Somehow they got the blessing of the church now. <laughs> so it's an official. <laughs> oh, man, how far is it going to go? But, uh, yeah, our time has got some great things going for it. And I, for one, love it. I, I personally, if you think I get mad at all this stuff, I think it's great. I like to see all this thing. In fact, wouldn't wouldn't H. L. Mencken have had a great time writing about the new uh, 
this new ceremony. It's called the divorce ceremony. Uh, he says, well, after all, I heard this reverend being interviewed saying, he says, well, after all, we have a ceremony that solemnizes marriage. Why not a ceremony that solemnizes divorce? Which in many cases is even more moving to the people who are involved than the actual marriage ceremony in the beginning. And so we have, can't you see these three religious guys sitting together cooking up the ceremony? Do you think we ought to have candles, reverend? No, 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 no. We're non-denominational religion. <laughs> How can you be a non-denominational religion? But uh, he also claims he's that too. We're a non-denominational religion, so maybe we better not bring that in. Uh, are you going to wear your purple robe during that ceremony? You think we ought to have a robe? Uh, well, uh, let's see. What what the what text shall we quote from? Uh, how about something nice in, in between? Uh, you know, like the parting of the Red Sea, that passage is kind of nice. <laughs> that wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> how about that, Reverend? <laughs> hey, George. And so, <laughs> who knows how far it'll go. Now, you think I'm making this up? I'm not. Well, anyway, I got this letter. It says, Dear Believer. Dear Believer. Well, I sort of sat back at that point, and I said, Gee, that's uh, kind of nice. I felt warm, really, from the start right there, because... I like somebody to recognize, and I, you know, I, I would like to be one anyway. It says, Dear Believer, and the opening line really got me. It says, Dear Believer, it is no coincidence that the Lord is contacting you directly now in this time of financial stress. Hmm. Well, I mean, you can't ignore an opening line like that. The Lord is contacting you directly as opposed to going through intermediaries and, you know, various other... This is the first time I actually got a letter from him. I tried to read the postmark, and uh, it was kind of blurred, as symbolically it would be. It would be very difficult, you know, to uh, localize this situation. But it was a blurred postmark on a purple letter. And then the next line said, The time has come for you to put your financial problems directly in the hands of the Lord. Well, now that... I, I, I thought about that for a minute. I, I, I rocked back there for a minute thinking about that, and I thought, well, now that sounds like the Lord is opening a brokerage house. Either that or a loan, some kind of a loan organization, or possibly even uh, running a little numbers here and there. I don't know. I couldn't figure out just quite what they meant by that. And uh, <laughs> But at that point, I began to have a little suspicions because, you know, for a long time, there's been a... a, there's been a uh, uh, a thing among various religious movements. So what you do is just give the whoever the head man is of the religion involved. You just give him all your dough, and he takes care of it. He makes sure that that the Lord is <laughs> probably you, you. You have no more problems that time. They give you a little robe made out of sackcloth, and you squat down there next to the potted palms, and it's going to be okay now. The uh, the head uh, the head guru. Uh, he takes care of all that. Of course, you, you begin to notice, too, that he continually drives around in these very elegant Rolls Royces and Mark IVs, but the Lord has to have a little style for his work to be done properly. You agree? Absolutely. But the penitence, no, no. You just have to squat down and keep hollering something, whatever the phrase is in that particular religion you go for. But nevertheless, uh, I was very impressed with the fact that I got a letter direct from the Lord. Well, I didn't, didn't want to read any further because I was afraid that if I read further, I would be disappointed. So 
so if you stop reading early enough, you think you did get a letter from something really important. If you go further, you're going to find out that it's some outfit out in Ames, Iowa, that's asking you to send their, you know, send all your money to them, and they'll take care of it, right? And that would be really what a drag after an opening like that. So I just put that off to one side. Uh, see, I have slots on my desk, various things, like uh, in, uh, out. Uh, then I have one that says maybe. And then I have another slot that says, don't touch. That's a mysterious slot. So that went into the don't touch, this is mysterious, because you never know, you know, it might be from the Lord. I'm not going to mess around. I mean, you know, I don't want to see any lightning come bouncing off the Empire State Building and hit me on a ricochet. No way. Zap, you know. Oh, no, no, sir. You know what happened to those Pharisees, right? That's right. And you know what happened to them Philistines, right? For years, I, as a kid, I always thought the Philistines were from Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, you know, you go through Sunday school and you hear about the Philistines. I did. I really did. <laughs> well, you hear these words, you know. You, the word Philistine just wasn't used much around our house. But the word Phillies was used all the time. And when you're a kid, you know, you can't, Philistines, Phillies, they all sort of, mit, you know, mixed up there. And for a long time, I felt that that was some kind of a ball team. Maybe it was the ladies' auxiliary of the Phillies. But... Uh, you know the Philistines. You got it. You got it. You got it. Oh, hi, George. <laughs> Would you please play me? I've got the joke music. No, no, that's not the serious stuff. It's the other stuff. I've got the joke music. Right here it comes. I've got the joke. Have you ever had the feeling, friends, that you're part of a vast cosmic joke, and it just ain't no punchline? It's the biggest shaggy dog story in all of recorded and unrecorded history. Thank you, Herb. That was very good. Thank you. That was nice. But uh, I also received in the same mail, now I think this is symbolic, I very mysterious that I'm getting all these religious letters in the mail at the same time. And... Uh, I received a letter from some outfit that apparently you can computerize prayers. Now, I had to read this one over several times, and it's an outfit that apparently, if you don't have time to, you know, any, do any creative praying, uh, you can just send so much to this outfit, and they will pray to the right saint and to the right to people and uh, get the, get it done right right down the line and this particular outfit also included testimonials which i thought was kind of nice you know i don't like to buy a pig and a poke i like to have a testimonial direct from the pig himself that he's really in that poke and uh you know he's a nice one and the bacon is good and so uh, the testimonials were kind of nice it, uh, you know of satisfied users of this prayer service well, everything today is, is fairly well computerized, and uh, it was called Computerplay, the company. And uh, that's P-L-E-A, you know, plea, plea, computerplay. Uh, that means that uh, your prayer is put into the vast computer. Now, we all know today that uh, one of the major gods in our life that can control your entire existence is the computer. 
I've known of guys that have gone to jail for seven years because they got messed up with some electric light company that had a bad computer, and the computer laid a goodie on them, and the next thing you know, the guy's cooling his heels in the slam, and they ain't no way out of that one. I, I uh, Listen, I, I one time got 17 bills from the same outfit, all for the same amount of dough, and I didn't know what to do. It says, pay this immediately. Well, first of all, I had never had anything to do with this company. I don't know why I suddenly got 17 bills, said, pay this immediately. I never bought any of those cockamamie stuffed pillows that they were apparently billing me for. And uh, so I, I made a mistake. It says, if you have any questions about this account, please call this 800 number. You've seen those 800 numbers? It says, be sure to give your account number. Well, there it was on 17 different bills. There was an account number. So at that point, I called this 800 number, and I waited. You know, all those 800 numbers have an automatic busy signal on them. There's no way to get through to those. So I have an automatic calling system. I just have a system that I switch in on my phone, and it calls a number, say, every three minutes for four or five years till all of a sudden it catches it when they're putting a new tape on a machine, and their phone rings, you know. Well, uh, you know, three or four months went by, and all of a sudden a red light went on my, my machine that automatically dials this 800 number. By that time, I'd forgotten about it, you know, which one I was uh, dialing. And I picked it up, and I said, hello? She says, yes, what's your problem, please? I had no time to talk. And I said, well, uh, oh, yes, of course. Uh, you're from the outfit that sells the uh, stuffed pillows in the forms of uh, animals, right? She says, yes, we have that uh, service available. Uh, how many do you wish to order? I said, no, no, I don't want to order. No, wait a minute, just a minute, hold on a minute now. I have gotten 17 bills, and I have them right here from your company, and I have not ordered any of that stuff. I have never had anything to do with your business, nor your company. She says, do you, uh, would you please give me your account number? This is my account number, all right. Oh, what a trap I walked into. I picked it up and I says, my account number. Yes, it's 714-922-6SJ7283-285-76-6C5. And she says, uh, well, what's the problem? I said, well, I just got a bill here for, for $217.95. And she says, well, uh, have you submitted your money? And I said, well, wait a minute, I, I, I don't owe that money because I never bought this stuff. She said, well, one moment, please. She says, you do have an account number. And I said, well, I just gave it to you. She says, one moment. And I hear, boop, 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 She comes back on, she says, uh, that is correct. You owe $217.84. I said, what do you mean it's correct? I said, I said I didn't owe that money. She says, your account number says that that is the amount that you are in arrears, and if you do not pay this, it will be turned over to uh, an agency which collects bills, and if you don't pay it, uh, within two days, all of your credit will be cut off. We'll cut off your electric lights. We'll cut off your gas. We'll cut off uh, your, your fringe benefits, and you'll be just cut off. And when you're cut off, then you're cut off. Now, you better pay. I said, no, wait, wait. Let's get this straight now. I never bought any of this stuff. I have never talked to your company before. I do not know about your company. I do not want pillows in the shape of donkeys and goats. It, it, it says here that I am being billed for $217.46. Now, I'm not going to pay that. It's a pregnant pause. She says, well, it'll have to then go to our collection agency. I said, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? I said, I, I don't know this. She said, well, I would suggest you pay it, and then we'll straighten it out afterwards. Oh, that's the big catchphrase. Pay it, we will straighten it out afterwards. 
Well, I hung up. I'm waiting now for them to cut me off. It'll happen. Because you don't argue with a computer, right? I mean, have you ever heard of a computer? You've heard of trouble with the computer, but you've never heard of a computer being wrong. That's different. Trouble with the computer. That means it said 17 bills out instead of just one. So I'm just waiting. So I don't mess with computers, friends. And when I got an, a letter from an outfit called Computer Plea, I read it. And it, it began by saying, at long last, the computer world has entered the world of the penitent. It said, have you been worried that your prayers have been going astray? Have you been worried that your prayers have not arrived at their proper destination? Have you had trouble in the last few years with having your prayers go unanswered? Well, uh, that's a leading question. I, <laughs> it's hard to say about that. Have you been having trouble with your prayers going unanswered, Herb? The trouble is, too many guys have had their prayers answered. Now they're really up to their hocks <laughs> in problems. <laughs> I know one guy for years that prayed that he'd have a date with this girl. He finally did have a date with her. Within six days they were married, and now he's paying $600 a month alimony. How about that for laying a goodie on you in the prayer department? But uh, nevertheless, it said the, the computer plea company would be willing, in fact, not only willing, but they would be delighted to go down on their knees every month before whatever gods there be and, and, and send out automatically all your prayers, constantly. Then you don't have to mess around with it. And it says it's all computerized, and every month you get, a, you get a bill for this service, of course, but it's actually called a goodwill offering. It's not actually a bill. It's a goodwill offering, but you better pay it, because if you mess around with that computer, <laughs> the one that's in charge of prayers, oh, oh, talk about a lightning bolt going in your ear. They just implied you better pay this one because this is the ultimate bill. Uh, I mean, you know, let's face it, when you're facing the creator, you better pay up. So, nevertheless, uh, the computer plea company offered me a booklet containing the testimonials of satisfied users of their service. Do you want to hear one of the uh, one of the satisfied users? It's kind of, kind of impressive. Do you want to hear it? Uh, it says, uh, it came from Connecticut. There's a lot of nervous people in Connecticut. I know. I've, I've been through Connecticut recently. I mean, what with the taxes and the gas and all that, I know. It says, uh, as I send this donation, I also hope it will say thank you to St. Jude for hearing and answering my prayers for my mother. Uh, the computer, computer plea company did it all the way. It says, until now, she has had to drive down a very lonely road every morning at 5.15 a.m. to get to work. Tomorrow, she starts her new hours and goes to work from 9 a.m. to 5.15 p.m. I am forever grateful to St. Jude for this favor. Thank you for your continuous prayers, computerized and very effective, Mrs. W.J.R. Well, now, I, I, that gave me thought. Now, it had never occurred to me to, to, uh, to uh, let's say, apply to the all-knowing creator to get my hours changed or uh, get, get a better recording schedule here or something like that or uh, get a bigger office, get some, you know, something really good like uh, I need a new desk blotter. Uh, <laughs> put that into the computer and 17,000 prayers. <laughs> Can't you see St. Jude sitting up there? And he gets this prayer, see, that comes in to, to change this guy's hours, right? And uh, 
St. Jude, of course, is not so easy because he doesn't make up the daily schedule down here at the engineers and all that stuff. So uh, St. Jude would have to get directly in contact with Eddie Zajac. He would. Well, isn't, doesn't Eddie handle that? Yes. And uh, I, could, I, could, <laughs> I could see St. Jude contacting Eddie. Eddie's sitting back there in the, in the engineer's uh, office there where they, you know, where they schedule all the engineers. And Eddie's snoozing away there. He's just had a blimpy. And he's uh, smoking a white owl cigar. You know, you know, that's when they get you, you know, when you're absolutely at your most vulnerable. And he's resting. You see, he's resting after his big seven-hour lunch. And he's, he's relaxing there. And, uh, you know, all the, all the shards of the blimpy are all around him. And he's smoking his white owl. And all of a sudden, just as he starts to snooze off, a voice comes to him. Eddie Zajac. Eddie Zajac. This is St. Jude. You will change Herb Squire's hours to 4 to 12, and you will give him two extra coffee breaks. You will give Herb Gillis the first two weeks of July for his vacation. That is today's special order. This is St. Jude, over and out, 10-4. And he says, what the hell? See, you know, it's, it's all subliminal, you know, it's all subliminal. And at that point, it says, hey... I just got an idea. I think I'll give Herb Squires uh, four twelve, and I'll give him two extra coffee breaks. He needs them. He's getting a little nervous looking. And I'll give Herb Gillis the first two weeks in July for a vacation. <laughs> I think he'd like that. And once again, the Computer Police Corporation has struck and has completed its mission. Enjoying Osobuco in Milan, savoring a beefsteak in Florence, or Saltimbocca alla Romana in Rome. Alitalia's Italy is all you ever dreamed of, and more. For example, Alitalia's Italy is also the specialty of Trattoria da Ciccio in Amalfi, spaghetti in a paper bag. First, Ciccio makes a clam sauce. Next, he boils some spaghetti. Then he puts both into a paper bag and heats it in an oven. What comes out isn't just spaghetti with sauce on it, but spaghetti with sauce in it. The food is so good you almost forget to notice the incredible Amalfi Coast. Alitalia has almost 50 different tours of Italy, and only Alitalia flies exclusively 747s from New York to Rome and Milan. What's more, there isn't a scheduled airline in the world that can beat our new low fares to Italy. For free assistance, call an expert, your travel agent, or call Alitalia and come to Alitalia's Italy, where you get all you ever dreamed of and more. One day you're going to own generals. We're going to keep at you until you do. <laughs> if you need a long mileage tire, get generals 40,000 mile dual steel radial. It's built with a smooth riding radial ply body and two strong steel belts for puncture protection. It'll save your soul when nothing else will. Mount dual steel radial tires at your local General Tire headquarters in Freeport. Ask for Big John at J&J &J Miles Rubber Company on East Merrick Road. And sing. Sooner or later. 
Today at the Barnes & Noble Bookstore, we're looking through the huge selection of books on jobs and careers. If you want to be a carpenter, so be a carpenter. So I got this book, and uh, I'm really not sure if I want to. If I really want med school, I'd better get off my gluteus maximus and study for that exam. At Barnes & Noble, we've got thousands of books that can help you get to where you want to go in life. Whether you're trying to pass a high school equivalency test or a medical school entrance exam, we've got the book you need. Say you want to be a chemical engineer or a welder, a real estate appraiser, a gardener, a CPA, a teacher, a transit patrolman, an opera singer, or almost anything else, you'll probably find just the book you're looking for at the Barnes & Noble Bookstore, 5th Avenue and 18th Street in Manhattan, the country's biggest bookstore of any kind, and probably the most interesting. Uh, uh, excuse me? I'm looking for a book on how to become a policeman. Uh, no, a police person. Barnes & Noble, and you thought we only sold textbooks. It's a grand union of all the things, grand union. New low prices are here. Colored arrows make them clear. It's a grand union of all the things, grand union. We've marked prices this way. Red for low every day. It's a grand union of all the things. Specials, we mean. It's a grand union of all good things, grand union. USDA choice corn-fed boneless beef roast at $1.18 a pound, top round, bottom round, or shoulder, Grand Union half-gallon fresh orange juice, 39 cents, golden ripe bananas, 15 cents a pounder. Grand Union! Yeah, yeah. When our landlord said, move out, the building's coming down, we panicked. Could you see this 78-year-old company out in the middle of the street with thousands of men's suits while the wreckers begin tearing down the building? Gramercy Park's Brain Trust advised, run a removal sale. Everybody loves a removal sale. But you know what happens when you move. So much to do, you can't do everything. But somehow the day comes and goes, and there you are. And the day came and went, and here we are. Now Gramercy Park wants to sell a lot of men's clothing in a hurry. The best way is price. If you want a nice suit or a sport coat or some slacks at a price, Go to 61 West 23rd Street. Go upstairs through the big iron gate. There's no obligation. Credit cards are okay. Gramercy Park is open to 7, Saturday to 6, and on Sunday from 10 to 5. The address is 61 West 23rd Street, New York. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. Certainly is. That big iron door will close behind you and you'll never get out. Oh, Grand Union. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm really thinking about this now. That makes sense, though, come to think of it in today's light. You realize, of course, that every, uh, every profession and uh, hazardous profession in the past has had a special saint that, uh, that was in charge of the problems, like the sailors. What was the sailors' one? Saint Elmo, right? No, <laughs> was he in charge of fire? <laughs> Uh, actors had one. Well, it's it's quite obvious today that the consumer needs a special saint to pray to. 
I mean, you can't go to the uh, manager of the store any longer. He'll just laugh at you. I mean, no way. And uh, that great price index in the sky uh, that's in charge of changing all the prices, do you know that uh, it, you can see the history, the social history of the last couple of years in America if you buy the proper item at the, at the supermarket and you strip all the prices off. You know, some prices now, you know, they stick another sticker on top of the old one. I one time, uh, well, in fact, uh, it was only last week, it seems like a year ago already, I bought uh, a thing in the supermarket, and the price sticker there, it was over two and a half inches thick. Look, I had a big wart on it. So I started to peel it off, and it was fantastic. It was like, <laughs> you know, it started up at the top. It says $7.26. And I started to peel off, and it went all the way down to 32 cents. And it, it, uh, you know, it was a, it was a very nerve-wracking thing. I think, uh, uh, I really think that supermarkets are making a mistake by leaving the old prices on because then it shows you how mad you should get. Do you agree? If you if you have some kind of a, a self-erasing price uh, mechanism, this price will self-destruct in seven minutes, and a new price will come on. And uh, as the price is self-destruct, you don't know. You see, as long as you're ignorant, you're okay. Ignorance is bliss. It really is. And if you don't know that this cockamamie you bought sold for not more than three days ago, sold for 12 cents, and now you're paying $17 for it, you don't know, you know. But with the average mentality, the average person today, he doesn't remember seven minutes ago anyway. So there has to be some saint. Uh, I guess, uh, as Herb pointed out, St. Jude must be the one that's an uh, intermediary between us and the computer. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's depressing to think, though, you know. Remember a few years ago all the jokes about uh, uh, this guy gets to heaven and the, and the God turns out to be a black woman, you remember that? Or it turns out to be a Polish or whatever it is. But, what are you going to do if, 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 uh, if you get up to heaven there and it turns out to be an 800 number? You know, the great big number, it says, in case of problems with this account, call this toll-free number. It's the only thing you're going to get free from them, is a call griping about what's happened. And then you got to pay anyway. In other words, it's, <laughs> oh, these uh, theological concepts are even worse than Jean-Paul Sartre, right? Existentialism. Existentialism today seems conservative. Oh, yeah, it's a breath out of the past. Right, Simone de Beauvoir. Seems roughly like the same as uh, Jane Austen. Well, you don't know who Jane Austen is or Simone de Beauvoir? You don't know who? Well, you do. Remember her? You used to play in those movies, The Cat People? You remember that. Sure, you remember all those things. You remember everything, Fred. You're just denying it, that's all. And, and it won't help you. When you get up before that great bar of justice, the tape will play, friend. It's all been recorded by a special mind-operated tape recorder. How do you like that? It's recorded all your fugitive rotten thoughts on a vast, all-seeing, omniscient tape. And they'll start playing them back, your friends, and you won't be able to erase because there ain't no erasure in that tape machine. That's right. And there ain't no razor blade to cut it out. No way. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.